0: Welcome to the SAS podcast, science, spirituality, with a little bit of SAS, your guide to awakening with a twist. I'm Katie Kovaleski, your host, and I'm looking forward to helping you on your awakening journey. I've been a marriage and family therapist now for almost 11 years, and I have been employing holistic self-care tools for the last five. I've found when mind, body, spirit, holistic tools are combined with cognitive behavioral and solution-focused therapeutic techniques, sustainable healing and change can occur, and it can be easy and fun. All of our podcasts address science and spirituality and really talk about tools and topics that are imperative and a part of the human awakening experience. So we look forward to meeting you wherever you are, and welcome to SAS. Today we had a few thoughts on the brain and one of them was about how to handle it when somebody's freaking out, somebody that you care about is freaking out about something and they're kind of they're just spinning out. And so you're in a place to like either listen or engage in the spin out with them and it can become well as you know, a lengthy conversation if you let it because the desire to help is there, but often just like the people who are trying to help, the desire to help actually impedes Help. Derek here had a story today about what that was like.
1: I've been saying for the past two weeks, you trying to fix things, you're doing more harm. With you saying that and thinking about even to the conversation today. I know what I was trying to do, I was just trying to guide her through, but I just don't know how like the proper tool to do that.
0: Yeah. It all just always comes back down to like macro and micro just reflection. And so it's just remembering the basics of how like, the system works. So, the first basic rule of the spin out. So, when somebody's in a state of anxiety and they're freaking out about anything, whatever it is, the rules are the same. Which is that until they're in a state in a place of calm, they're not going to be able to actually integrate or absorb any new information or see things in a different way. So, when somebody's like anxiously dialoguing and just wants to tell the story and another story. And they have all these examples. All of them are the same. Every story is really the same story. And the story is, I can't get a hold on the state of fight or flight I'm in, even if they don't see it that way. But they're going to want to talk about all these different stories and feed into it. And anytime we give somebody power to dialogue that way, it actually just strengthens the story. And so with most people, unless I find their stories like particularly interesting for some reason, on like a personal level... Just doing some basic reflection and being like, I hear you. And I mean, compassion because you know, at the end of the day, isn't it mostly like, oh man, this sucks that you're spending your day this way. Like, I hear you, and that that must be really difficult. Otherwise, we could spend hours deconstructing each story to try to give them, you know, the message we see in it, and just always tying it back. And so, the first step is just, I think sometimes just being really transparent about that, yeah, and talking about like, well, this is actually how the brain works when you're in a state of anxiety or fight or flight you lose blood flow to the executive functioning part of the brain. When that happens, you're not actually able to see things differently or learn. So we could be really transparent about it and be like, which is fine. You know, I'm here for you. And if you just want to vent, that's, that's okay. But this is how the brain works. And also be aware that every time you're speaking something out loud and spending time feeding that story, it grows. Is this a story or situation that you want to continue to grow? If it's a no, then the most helpful thing you can do for somebody else is to direct them away from it, change the subject, get them in their body, get them breathing if they're open to it, or start telling them about something, something totally different. It's like, you know, when you're like a kid or something, or even as an adult and some, you're about to get a shot at the doctor and they're going to ask you like a question right before. So your, your brain is that it's kind of like, you know, distract the child because it's just not going to equate to anything good. If they're allowed to keep running, that story. And then for people who do just want to vent, I typically like limit the venting session and my answers and my feedback is so uninteresting, i.e. like it's not helping them feed the need. They lose interest in telling the story (laughs) because it's just not so even if people are so unaware and are so asleep that they just want to continue to talk, Mm -hmm. the sweetest thing you can do for them, even if they don't realize it is to Become disengaged, you're there, and you're hearing them, but you're not giving them any fuel. That's I think the kindest thing sometimes we can do for somebody who's freaking out, and there's so much of that happening right now that it's just important I think again, be transparent, let them know how the brain works. Let them know that when they're speaking something out loud that it's gaining momentum, let them decide if they want it to gain momentum, and then if they do, and they're going to continue the conversation hold space in a really bland way so that they you'll listen to, but they're not going to come to you when they just want to have a big hoorah for what they already believe anymore, but they'll know where to go when they're ready to actually move past it. I think that's the first step with people that are starting to wake up. I think, helping guide them and understanding that like lately like especially because things have been so crazy in the world it's all this like well that's just how it is and that's how people are we did a class the other night and it was like my two of my favorite narratives and my favorite i means ones that are just like what the fuck are when people literally respond well, well that's just like how things are or that's just how people behave mm-hmm. and so like we are always operating under a narrative 100 percent of the time in our daily lives well most people unless you're in an elevated state of consciousness, but, and that we have narratives about how people as a whole are, and we operate under them constantly. That's just how people are. That's, you know, how that is. That's just the way life is. So that, so take the narrative, which is the lens that you experience the world through of that's just how life is. And then you apply like the belief systems within that narrative could include things like, well, people can't change. Life isn't fair, whatever. So those are just like examples of beliefs that go into the narrative of this is how the world works. And we're like walking around on autopilot functioning and responding from those places and have no idea. And people get really staunch about it, especially when people can't change. And it's like, um, that's just a belief. Do you know how beliefs are formed? Here's how they're formed. You know, a belief is just a thought that you continually thought. And then it drops into your subconscious and then it operates you on autopilot. And it's just like, Incredible to me how many people are walking around in this zombie-like asleep state operating under these narratives that are just so ridiculous when we think about it. It's so ridiculous. It's like, well, why would you believe people can't change? They just can't. How? What do you mean? What equates change? What goes into change? Is it somebody's personality? Is it their behavior? How are behaviors formed? How do we choose the actions we're going to take? Oh, they're they're formed by thoughts and belief systems. Oh, can those be changed? absolutely. You know, and and we have all these narratives and beliefs that we operate on, and we have no idea. We've never thought to look into that system. The system that operates all of our thoughts, behaviors, our lives, essentially, and how we experience the world. Most people, it never occurs to them to take a look behind the curtain and be like, wait a second. Why would I believe that? How does change happen? How do I pick my behaviors? Mm -hmm. How do others do that? How do my thoughts occur? How do belief systems that nobody knows that, right? Or a lot of people don't. And it's crazy to me because you're basically like sitting in the backseat of a car driven by all of your belief systems and your narratives. And it doesn't occur to you to be like, oh, wait a second. I actually have complete control over where this car is going. So does everyone. So crazy to me. You were talking about that the other night. And I was just like, anytime anybody says to you, yeah, people can't change. That's just how the world is. Life is unfair. It's like, oh, no. You little zombie, you. Wake up.
1: Yeah. I got to the point where she understood you're just acting from a place of fear. You're in constant fight or flight. But I didn't follow that up with now what to do with that. And I feel like maybe I just gave her more of a story because she's like, oh, I get to add this to my arsenal. Yeah. So I almost feel like I did more harm than good there. I was like, here's this. I'm not going to tell you what to do with it. Right. <laughs> but I just got that little dopamine hit of like, yes, we made progress because in my head, I know that some people are just going to be asleep forever. Like you can, they cannot be touched or whatever, Maybe. but okay. possible. that's, and that's where I'm at. I was like, am I being overly optimistic because I have this need to save other people. So even like if they're a lost cause, I'm like, it's like, Oh God, this was, this is a two and a half hour conversation It is exhausting, but I think I moved her. Right. You know, two steps forward.
0: Yeah. So it's always important to like, if we have our own like pitfalls that we fall into of like, I have this tendency or issue or whatever of like wanting to save others in questioning when you're engaging with somebody, if that tendency is taking over is in your driver's seat. And, and this is actually where the conversation the other night that was about narrative stemmed from, it was figuring out what our base fundamental core beliefs about being a human are And having a human experiences and always coming back to those. So think of like the beliefs you hold about what it means to be human, be having this experience and be to be alive and what you fundamentally believe about, you know, the world and creation and the universe and all that from it are like your anchor, right? And so the anchor is always gonna bring you back to your center. And so identifying what those beliefs are or creating them, because you can create your own belief systems, is super important so that you can that's how you fact check. That's how you gut check. That's how you check when you're in a situation and you're like, is my tendency is my old conditioning of wanting to save someone rearing up or am I in alignment right now? So like with said person that you have this experience with, when I went into, you you know, you said, I know that some people will just be asleep forever. And it's like, wait, that's just a belief. Is that a belief that you want to carry? I would say for you, probably not. So, like, I immediately went to one of my core anchor beliefs, which is that anything is possible. If anything is possible, then that washes that belief right out the window, Mm -hmm. right? Because if anything is possible, then anybody who's asleep could wake up, right? Right? Because we don't know. Like, another belief of mine is that, you know, as our minds expand, things will start happening that we never perceived at any given moment in time could happen things are always like being created and working out better than I could even imagine in my state of consciousness currently. So that one wipes that out too. So identifying what your core beliefs are that really resonate with you that are going to be your anchor um, are super important so that you can learn how to say, am I, is this just my issue? My old conditioning coming up that I'm trying to move out of, or am I really just being, a sounding board and I'm checking it with my core beliefs. So I would challenge you to answer this. And if you can't answer it for you, but today with the conversation that you had, you're like, I think now I did more harm than good because I just introduced the idea of fight or flight. And then was like, Hey, use this as like your signage for why you behave, how you behave. How is that untrue? How did you actually, you, you did help today. How did, how did you do it? How did that experience end up being helpful, or how will it end up being helpful?
1: The only thing I can think of is maybe I just planted a seed that now she can know. Nope.
0: nope. So. Okay, so remember the answer to every question is always about you, right? Mm-hmm. So we only see the world as it is, everything's a reflection or projection of us. You having that conversation and then wanting to talk about it led you to start exploring other ideas that helped you get more clarity on how to hold space for someone going through that. And moreover, how to connect with the ideas and the words. So you stopped at fight or flight, that was as far as you knew how to go. Mm-hmm. But because you had that conversation and then because we talked about it, sort of processing it, you got armed with a whole other next step. So once you're sure of the next step and how to present it to her, the way that you um, interact in your next exchange will be different because now you know the next piece. Had you not had that conversation or had you been like, oh, it went well, mm-hmm. I helped her out today, whether right. or not you actually had, we might have just satiated your need to help and save. Right. Then I would be like, yeah, that was a, a nice reflection of, of your tendency and conditioning to want to help. But it made you curious because the conversation went on for hours and that was helping you. So we always like attract what we need. And both parties are always like feeding the other if you don't realize it. So her like extenuating conversation and like just spinning and spinning and more spinning gave you enough practice in mm-hmm. trying to deconstruct it, exhausted you to such a degree that you were like, Hey, like uh, let me tell you about this experience I just had. And that's what got you curious about like what to do differently. Otherwise, if you had short little dynamics where you each played the same role, you would just keep circling that drain together. Right. But the fact that she was able to like spin out long enough to have an energetic effect on you got you curious about what to do next. And that's how it was helpful.
1: Perfect. I love that. I decided I failed for We like ended the conversation, we got nowhere. So that's not going to happen again. Right. Because of this, we've got, it. yeah, I love that. That's right. Perfect.
0: So just, and then another core belief, another anchor belief is that everything's unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be having the exact exchange I need to be having for my own growth. And it's just about us paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so it's flipping that, that narrative instead of being like, oh, you know, I've lost it or now I've done poorly in this. I'm like, uh oh, it's like amused curiosity. This is really interesting because this conversation's going on for so long. And I feel like we're just spiraling, but I'm like, there's something here for me to learn from not to do for her because she's equally doing for you. And so it's just a different doing like her treading water in it for that long. It's like, okay, you know, this, there's something presented to me here and it's going to help me look at this differently. It's going to help me in my next part of how to grow. Yeah. So it's always presenting you with something and it's always about you so you're always there to equally learn as much as the other person. Every time I teach a class, I always learn. or That's why I love having these conversations or doing podcasts or whatever it is, because I learn immense amounts about my journey and what's in my head and like putting all the pieces together and how the system works by being in the system. That's how we learn. I'm not like, oh, I have this client and I'm going to go do them a service because I'm helping them mm-hmm. get better. It's like, I'm about to go have a conversation I don't know where it's going to go, but like, ideally both of us learn something from it. And that's at it, least for me, a more interesting way to approach life.
1: Yeah. So what's interesting about that is I've been kind of doing that anyway. I can't remember the last time I was like really mad for more than two seconds. And it's because I've been doing it, I'm like, as soon as I get mad, I'm like, okay, i just like step back, observe. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. And I almost find again. It's like, it's like a little, you know, amused by it. So, but it's all dealing with me. I know it's a hundred percent me. But then when I go interact with someone else, the same stuff's happening. But I've lost that because now I connect to someone else. But you're saying it's, 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 oh, it's still 100% me. So it's just funny that the tools I even know to use, I've put away for some reason when I talk to somebody else. Yeah. And then I just fall into the same old traps again.
0: Yeah. And sometimes like you can go have like an organic experience. And so being totally present, it's not going to be you sitting there ticking off the checklist of like, am I applying understanding this is my reflection. Am I applying that? It's about like doing the inner work on your own. And then like it becoming so fluid that when you have the interactions, it happens by itself. Because if we had to sit there and be like, am I projecting right now? Is this mine? Is it theirs? We're not present in the moment. So what it's really about is us like on our own time, digging into this, like really embodying it and then putting ourselves out into the world to see how embodied it really is. To see if we get sucked into the story again, to see if we were able to remain in a more observational state and hold space for them and not get pulled in. So the second, like for me, that I get pulled in to the story and I'm allowing them to keep going with it and I'm like, well, maybe you could have done this or that. You're in it. You're in their vortex with them. And it's a human desire, right? Mm -hmm. To have conversations like that and then be like, oh, you know, have you thought about this or that, you know, maybe look at it this way or whatever it is. And that's great. You know, that's do that. But know that when you're doing that, you're choosing to do it the way that you'd be choosing to like indulge in like a dessert when you're on a certain eating plan. You're doing consciously. I know I'm about to do this. I know that like (laughs) fundamentally it's not helping this conversation actually feels interesting and I actually want to know what happened. And like, maybe sometimes you feel like gossiping. And like when you zoom out of like having a human experience, right. The idea is that the work you do, the inner work gets you more and more in touch with like your true self, which is your higher self, which is like spirit. Right. And in that place we are unattached observers. And we're just taking it in, right? Right. And then the other part of it is that we're in these human bodies to to enjoy them and to have these, it's like a 3D holographic playground for our spirits to live out different scenarios through and learn through and experience the world. The idea is that when we're deep enough into the work, we can walk between both worlds and we can choose to do it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I might want to choose to sit down and have like a gossip sesh and hear all like the juice from my Mm -hmm. girlfriend about what happened in this like, you know disagreement she got in with so and so and like that's okay that's that's me choosing to enjoy or like imbibe in that sort of like humanness consciously and then afterwards see how I feel and and I think I can do that now if I choose to do it and energetically it doesn't really impact me too much and sometimes I you know find it interesting, but it's rare yeah. I don't let that happen often. I typically only do it with people who are kind of have the inner awareness and do the inner work because it it leads to a different ending of the conversation, which isn't like fuck that person for behaving that way. It ends up circling back to being like, we can talk about what role did you play in that? What's coming up for you? I have a much easier time choosing to consciously engage in those types of interactions and delve into the actual storytelling. When I know that it's going to end somewhere more high vibrational than the person that like, you know, maybe I was friends with in high school or that just is on a different, a different kind of wavelength, a different path to me right now. And they just are anxiety ridden all the time and just like feed into their stories mm-hmm. and are like, listen to what happened now. And this person did the same thing. And, it, and typically every conversation we have, every story is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And like the digger is like, can you believe they're still doing that? Can you believe they're still behaving that way? And it's like, yeah, well, you yeah. <laughs> know. Yeah, (laughs) we've had this talk before. And so I tend not to engage much in that because it's not helping them. They're so unaware that they can't even begin to have the conversation about it. Um, And my gift to them is to be as disengaged as possible because it's really not serving. But that's how I kind of look at it. It's like, have I gotten to a place where I've done enough inner work so that when I don't get unconsciously pulled into these low vibrational discussions that are energetically draining, just a complete waste of time. They're not a waste at some point when you learn from them, but is that how I want to be spending my time? No. And if I do, I'm going to choose it. I'm not just going to be like, how did I end up in this conversation? Shit. That means I still have more practice to do. And then the more inner work you do on your own, the easier it gets to be really aware of when you're being pulled into something, how to put up a boundary, how to respond to it, doing just that, and or being like, oh, well, this is also a little bit fun. I'm going to stay in this one. And or being able to be like, I'm you know, going to channel my higher self right now and sit here in total state of awareness and mild amusement and just watch. I don't know if that helped. I just ran on no, a tangent, but... That was like
1: perfect. I love it. That totally makes sense. Just simplify it down to something very manageable.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, if you're having a, a reactionary, emotional response, frustration, defensiveness, anger, whatever it is, it's somebody else's story or the dynamic or interaction you've had, it's always 100% about you. So in those cases, and you're like, why am I you know, feeling this way? How did I get dragged into this? It's like, well, you chose it for one thing. It just means you have to keep developing those skills to be able to recognize it and put up boundaries. Then two, it might be too that you have like a reservoir of anger or defensiveness or whatever it is, and it just needs a chance to come out. So when you engage in different dynamics and different conversations and you feel those emotions continually coming up, it's likely that you might just have a lot of unprocessed stuff. How many times have you stepped down your anger response? How many times have you felt defensive and not spoken up or sad or whatever? when we have a lot of unprocessed emotion and we really don't deal with stuff. And we're in, in I think a society and a culture that heavily medicates, self-medicates in whatever way they can. Um, we medicate when we don't want to feel something. Right. We do things to stop the feeling and it doesn't dissipate the feeling. It just stops it in the current moment. So that means like every single time those little feelings sense that there's a crack or a chance to escape or get out, they're going to come out. So it's like, when you're filling your cup if what's coming out and running over is your defensiveness, anger, jealousy, anxiety, whatever it is, that's what you're filling your cup with. That's what you're pushing down. The stuff that comes out is the stuff that's on top that's like begging to be processed. And then you, you know, we end up with a society who it's like that's my anxiety. It becomes its own little thing that you carry oh, around with yeah. you. Honestly, anxiety is just unprocessed emotion. You know, it's just stuff that you didn't allow to fully come out and you can choose at any time to learn the tools and create a space that's safe enough for you to do that. It's absolutely manageable. But the zoo, the fun part is getting to the place where you're like, you could you consciously decide which dances you're going to do and who you're going to do them with knowing how to put down the boundaries and then stepping back when you need to. And that's, that's the fun part. But yeah, that's elongated way of talking about how to handle people when they're spinning out. And I think the other takeaway again that I'm sure we'll talk about constantly are these like core anchor beliefs, which we're actually going to do some work on today. And I would encourage people new moons are a really great time to get clear on what you want to bring into your life. And right now, there's so many like potent tailwinds happening. It's a good time to jump on them and redesign narratives. So, the most important narrative you're going to have again, which is the story and the lens that you see and experience the world through. Is the one about what it means to be you, what it means to be a human on this earth, it goes back to questioning beliefs like people can't change, life's not fair, that's just how people are, that's just how the world is. This is what's going to happen, and then this will happen. No, little faux oracle, that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like spreading it as if these generalizations and blanket statements are like that's it. that's what's going to happen. No, it's not. And deciding what that's going to be. So like those core anchor beliefs are super important. And so I would encourage people to start questioning who's in your driver's seat. What kind of stuff do they believe? That's your subconscious mind for everybody and deconstructing those beliefs. But yeah, like that's a conversation I want to have on a date. What are your core beliefs? Have you ever thought about it? Because those again... Or what everything comes back to. Right. So whenever you're having an experience, gut check it against those core beliefs. So when you're having that thought and you're like, yeah. And it's like, wait a second. That's nope. My core belief would absolutely eliminate that right there. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our uh, podcast on how to handle people when they're bitching too much. No, I'm just kidding. Venting, spinning out, gentle, small steps but disengage 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 if you love somebody the most loving thing you can do is pull them out of their story when they are just dripping in it and everybody's in a different time time schedule for waking up and as fun as it would be to be like oh we're all at the same place if we are all at the same place no one could learn from anybody else either so they're everybody's there to teach you something too I'm Katie Kowaleski and you've been listening to the SAS podcast where science meets spirituality with a sassy twist. You can follow SAS on Instagram, Facebook and through our website. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or YouTube and subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. If you would like to continue this conversation, visit our blog to join in on the deep dive for this episode. Where we explore this topic in more detail. Join me next week for another Sassy Conversation.